You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome back to the E2C Network. This is an episode of E2C Extra where we cover off the wall, special, just interesting Auburn related topics. It can be anything sports, university, the town related. Today, we're going to be breaking down an interesting question or a topic that has come up recently in the recruiting circuits. Now, if you haven't listened to our recruiting podcast that we have here on the network, which is called Boom Tracker, they'll be coming out with one very soon here covering uh, the latest recruits for football that Auburn has just picked up. But we're going to use a little bit of some of the stuff that's been going on with that to tackle this question. Can an Auburn football player also play basketball for Auburn as well, or vice versa, a basketball, primarily a basketball player play football for Auburn. Can the two coexist? So we're going to break down that idea and try to answer that question tonight. And to, I brought in my friend and my co-host, Mr. Austin Scott. Austin, War Eagle to you, sir. War Eagle, Kyle. Thanks for having me tonight. Now, I would say, uh, recent events would say maybe I shouldn't have said War Eagle to you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're okay. I think you can handle that tonight. I like to uh, throw that in there. I've got thick skin. I'll be all right. I think you'll make it through that. All right, so that's the question, Austin. Can Auburn football players also play basketball for Auburn or vice versa? Now, we've got a history of dual sport athletes at Auburn. Obviously, the first one you think of when you think of that is Bo Jackson, football and baseball. And uh, I, you know, I kind of would throw track in there as well for him in, in this too. Uh, Frank Thomas is another big one, obviously very huge for baseball, but some people don't even, aren't even aware of this, that he played tight end for Auburn football as well. And in fact, I think he was originally recruited to play football by Pat Dye and the way they got him here was to tell him he could play baseball as well, which that ended up working out very well for him in the end. And he was, by my recollection, not that great of a tight end. But anyway, I'm digressing at this point. <laughs> Those are the big ones we've had at this point. And, you know, you brought it to my attention that we've had a couple of more recent dual sport athletes as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one that uh, many Auburn fans are familiar with are the current ones with, uh, we've got Anthony Schwartz and Sean Shive, Egg Benogany, who were uh, dual sport athletes in track and football. Um, and Noah's obviously chosen to go with football. And I think it's worked out for him going uh, in the first round to the Miami Dolphins this year. Um, so. I think that's always been kind of where Auburn fans think of when they think of two sports, football and track or football and baseball. Um, but, and the reason we're talking about this today is a little bit different. We haven't seen something quite like uh, two of the biggest sports at Auburn, Auburn football and Auburn basketball. Right. 
And I think when you think of the big sports at Auburn, we always use the phrase the big three because they're the the money makers, so to speak, for the most part. Football, men's basketball, and baseball. Now, here on this network, we feel that every program is of equal value and despite what others think here. But we can't deny the facts that the attention, the money leads to those three, at least right now. But I think that softball, gymnastics, they, they tend to end up – well my goodness, equestrian who's about to, you know, maybe claim another national championship if they have their way. Uh, Those three have a case, I think, to be in the discussion with the big three in terms of their prominence with Auburn athletics, that hierarchy, at least here. But we want to talk about obviously not Auburn football and baseball dual sport athletes or Auburn track and field and football dual sport athletes. We're talking about two sports that not only are completely different, completely different type of build the players usually have even some positions where they tend to be a little bit bigger in basketball it's just it's really hard to translate football to that to basketball I should know because I wasn't good at either I'm kidding I was okay (laughs) at at basketball but uh, you know it's hard to kind of make that translation so when you hear that phrase or that question Auburn football and basketball one athlete playing them together here what's your first thought that comes to mind my first thought is just the amount that would go into the amount of work that would go into a kid pulling it off and successful. Uh, I think we think about the the kids we, or the guys we mentioned earlier, Bo Jackson and Frank Thomas. Uh, I mean, everyone knows Bo Jackson's one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. And Frank Thomas is, you know, in Cooperstown, it takes that kind of caliber of an athlete mentally and physically and emotionally to to kind of pull it off. Um, and so my first thought is just, I can't imagine someone doing it in today's day and age and being successful at both. Um, but, you know, there's no telling what a person can put their mind to and um, if they can be successful. But the, the fortitude you have to have would be massive, in my opinion. I think that's a great uh, point to start off with here. We think about uh, some other aspects of this question. But really, at the end of the day, it boils down to can – a student athlete pull it off, whether that be time management. Uh, football is basically a full-time job in, in some ways. Um, there's another debate within that that we could get into, but we won't to tonight. But that in and of itself kind of dictates your life as an Auburn student athlete if you're a football player. Same can be said for basketball as well. Um, so the timing with school, practices, tournaments, games, off-season workouts, and everything else that goes into what it means to be a student athlete at Auburn University, the, they have to ha- find a way to work that around. I think it's a little bit easier if you can spread that workload or those responsibilities for each of those sport out at, with a fall and a spring sport, which is why we've seen football and baseball coincide or football and track and field coincide. But this one, I think, is where a lot of things clash together and it's going to be very very difficult for to make it work and the reason we're asking this question is because on the recruiting trail right now one of the bigger names uh, that's got some ties to Auburn he may or may not end up coming to Auburn but he still provokes an interesting question I'm going to try to say his name please Austin don't laugh at me too hard through this Quincy McKinstry and I'm not even going to say his uh, nickname that he has. It starts with Kool-Aid, but after that, I'm just going to really hurt myself if I try to pronounce that other part of his nickname there. But he wants to come play at a school where he can compete in football 
and basketball. He is a 5'11 defensive back right now, what most people know him as, 175 pounds out of Pinson Valley. So Quincy McKinstry, Austin, if that's what gets him to Auburn, would you promise him that? I think you'd have to give him the chance. And it looks like the, the teams he's listed in his top five recently are Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and LSU. And trying to put as much bias aside as I can, I think Auburn is the most ex- certainly the most successful basketball program there. But, uh, I mean, obviously the football program at each of those schools is incredibly important to them. Um, and I don't think that he would have put them in his top five if he's not been told that, you know, both sports are an option. Um, but I, I just, I don't know how with the priority that football is at all of those schools, if that's what they're truly recruiting him for, how they would not get a little picky when he gets to the campus. But, um, I mean, I definitely think that you have to give him a chance if he's if it means that much to him because that, that seems to be how he's going through his recruitment and where he's putting his priorities. So let me, before we dive into more of this, let me ask it this way. So he seems to be a football recruit wanting to also play basketball. What if he was a basketball recruit wanting to play football as well? Would your thought process or reaction to this change at all or does it kind of stay the same? That's interesting uh, and definitely changes it a little bit. And I think the only reason I say that is because I, I think if he were looking at basketball only, his, his schools would be a little bit different. But in, in terms of how do you approach it, I think you'd have to, um, you'd have to let, him, let, him try, let him at least think he has the opportunity and let him you know, meet the football coach. And, but with the way basketball is now, and uh, I would see it, as more difficult being coming in as the basketball player and saying, I want to play football too, just because of the, the like you mentioned, the man football has. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it raises a question. I do think it changes it though. The fact that if you're recruiting him first and foremost as football opposed to basketball. I think the opposite of you, actually, I think it would be a little bit more favorable on my end if he were a basketball player coming in still wanting to participate in football. And the reason I say that is because of this fact. Think how many positions are available on a football squad as opposed to a basketball team. You've got first, second, third string, practice squad, basically walk on level. Uh, you've got hun- not hundreds. That's, wow, that's a, a lot of hyperbole there. Uh, you've got a lot of positions that are up for grabs and, and competitions. Uh, so I, I think from that aspect, I would say that'd be the more likely scenario I could see happening is a basketball player who wanted to compete and provide depth as a football player. And I think there you could still be a, a prominent basketball player, uh, but maybe not be so prominent in football. I find it hard for a football player, especially to one that seems to be of the Quincy's caliber he's a five-star on 24 7 sports for him to come in and be so highly touted as a football player high expectations there and your focus is going to be there and then to shift gears into basketball and be not only competitive enough but focused enough to be and to take up a spot very limited spot on basketball because to when it comes down to it for me it's how many spots are available on each of those different sports and with football and basketball there's no comparison. Does that change your thought process on it at all? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think the only thing I would say is just that with if if you were coming in as basketball and wanting to play football, I think 
I don't, and I don't know if this is how the coaches would look at it, but I think you would be able to uh, kind of, once he gets, have him see where the priorities lie in, in basketball would be his, his uh, where he could make the real difference because of the amount of kids on the team for football. Um, now his, from what we can see, his priority, it seems like to play football uh, with an, a basketball as a side, if we want to call it that. Um, but, and so, um, like you said, there's less spots on basketball, so it makes it a bit more difficult. But I think that uh, it raises an interesting question if it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. Scholarships are valuable no matter what the sport is. And uh, taking them up on a team of uh, 15 scholarships, I know these aren't the exact numbers for each uh, program, but I'm just throwing them out there. If you had 15 scholarships for basketball and you're going to give one to a guy who wants to split time between two programs – that to me is that's a tough sell uh, for a head coach, but you'll do what you can to get the high talent here at Auburn because, you know, I mean, obviously not only does that help you in being competitive, but it's a good sell if you can convince players of this potential caliber to come for whatever sport. So I, I'm open to the possibility. I just think it's going to be very challenging uh, before we dive into two aspects of that. I think that, that, other than the student athlete aspect of it, make it very challenging. One thing I want to bring up, do you remember the last player who said they were going to play basketball and football at Auburn? Any clue? I, I think I, I was thinking about this earlier and I was going to bring it up later on, but I'm not sure. I, was it Jeremy Johnson? It was Jeremy Johnson. And we oh, see how well that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, all the love in the world to Jeremy. I hate that it didn't work out as uh, for him to have the type of quarterback career at Auburn. We all thought, I mean, we literally all saw the makings of greatness in him that first couple of games he had to start for Nick Marshall to sit out. And then we just don't know what happened. Uh, he came in though uh, saying that, yes, he was told he was going to be able to play football and basketball and football that first year got done after he didn't play. And I kept watching that roster, and there was no Jeremy Johnson to be found. So, Austin, the, the precedent is already set that we can make those those claims and those promises, but it doesn't seem to happen all that much. That's true. Just true. And I've, I've thought about that um, before and wondered why it didn't work out. Uh, and I and when I went talking with a friend, someone pointed out to me that and my, my years might be off here, but Jeremy, during Jeremy's time, either coming to Auburn or uh, – while he was at Auburn, the, you know, coach Bruce Pearl was hired. And I wonder if priorities changed a little bit in terms of, yeah, there were bigger fish on the horizon for coach Pearl instead of uh, like we mentioned earlier, someone who can split time. Yeah. And I, I, let's look here. You know, we are, we try hard to not talk ill of uh, former coaches. Well, not really. We don't try that hard. I mean, we're, we're not fond of Tony Barbie, the previous basketball head coach. Uh, the state, the program was in under him. I would say the the guy would say yes to anything if that meant he had to split time with another program. Because Jeremy Johnson, I saw some highlights. He's a pretty good basketball player. Uh, and so if he could have come in and all it took was for him to come in and his first year to back up at quarterback and play on my basketball team, I would have said yes to probably the state my program was in. Um, but yeah, so Jeremy Johnson was the last one that I know of. I'm sure that we're missing a ton of those and even some other dual sport athletes. So if you're a listener right now and you have some idea of who those might be and who we're missing, please let us know. Um, but let's talk about these two aspects of it. We've obviously talked about student athlete stuff. The schedule 
of trying to be a football and a basketball player, but also the physical aspect of it. I think the schedule one is the deeper thing we can dive into. So let's, let's talk about physical first. Football is a sport with a variety of positions. I mean, you've got everything from a kicker like me who could barely lift the bar on the bench press to a 300 pound lineman who can lift like three of me on the bench press at the same time. Um, so obviously you're not going to be seeing a ton of offensive defensive linemen be dual sport, have the opportunity to be dual sport athletes in, from football to basketball. But um, there are some positions I thin, think that lend itself to a basketball type player type of build. Again, their positions are different as well. Centers and fours tend, tend to be a little bit bigger, but still a little bit on the more trimmed side. Uh, but if you're going to be a football player and a basketball player, what position do you think that you have to be playing on football uh, to be able to compete as a basketball player at the collegiate level? Well, I think I think that might be why Gaquinsky. I'll, I'll try that Gaquinsky. We could just call him Kool Aid, so we don't keep stumbling over it. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with Kool Aid. Kool Aid. Now I want to scream, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> exactly. But I think uh, I think Kool Aid has somewhat of a, the best option right now. Is he's looks like he's split time at cornerback, wide receiver, and kick returner, but he's being recruited as a cornerback, um, and we. We couldn't quite find what position he's listed at on his basketball team, but it looks like he's, based on his stats, it's about a, shoot, a shooting guard at 5'11". Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's a good two-way option um, if you're Kool-Aid, just because those, those if you think about past Auburn shooting guards or defensive backs, like Javaris Davis, uh, I, I feel like he could have um, hooped it up in terms of what, the way his size was as a point guard or a shooting guard. Um, now, Coach Pearl may have something completely. He knows far more than I do, but those those seem to lend themselves to be comparable with uh, with heights and weights. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. I think when you think about positions that are comparable between the two sports, wide receiver and defensive back or where you really start to look and I would even push it further to what Kool-Aid is, is a cornerback because safeties sometimes tend to be a little, have a little bit more meat on their bones because they come up and do a lot of you know, free safety blitzes or strong safety blitzes and need to be able to pack a punch when they come into the line. Uh, we've seen some, you know, Daniel Thomas is one that I really think of on that aspect who was really good at that where he's a little bit bigger but was very quick and light on his feet but uh cornerback which is what kool-aid plays i think sets him up well 
to have the ability to play both cornerback and a position in basketball. When you look at his uh, statistics here in terms of his build, 5'11", 175 pounds. Right now, he's, you know, he's still a senior in high school, so he's got a lot of growing left to do in terms of putting weight on. He's a little bit on the light side for me. Uh, but 5'11", most people, they, you see that type of number, you think point guard. His stats seem to say that he's more of a shooting guard. Um, and so now I'm having images that we've been talking about this, Austin. What if Noah Igbenagi, with all his ups, with the ability he had to jump, because he was a, a long jumper at Auburn. Think about him out there to dunk contest as the Auburn basketball team. That's what I'm envisioning now for Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was trying to pull up uh, Noah's height and weight here. He was 5'11", 200, so a little bit heavier than Kool-Aid, but not not by much. Uh, and I think if – and I don't know if Quincy has the kind of hops that Iggy did, but I absolutely. I mean, that's something that you got to see. And I know Kyle and I, you and I saw each other at tip off at Tumors. If I saw, if someone had told me Noah Igbenogany is going to be out there on the during the dunk contest, that's that's must see for me. Oh, it absolutely is. That's uh, something you can't miss. And and in that type of venue, doing that for the first time, that would have even if they had brought him in as like a special dunker, yeah, <laughs> that would have been amazing to see. And that night was uh, really fun, even without that aspect there. So that's kind of the vision I have is that he's in a position where this, if there is going to be a translation from football to basketball, it can at least make sense somewhat. Now let's talk about the physical nature of the game. I will argue to death that in some aspects, basketball is just as dangerous or more physical as football is in some areas, because I have seen more devastating injuries in turn. And most of those relate to legs, ankles, feet, uh, career-ending ones or altering ones than I have in football in some aspects. I know that's a broad statement and you can't apply it across everything, but I, they are both very physical in very different ways. But how do you think a football player deals with the grind, especially if you're someone that's of Kool-Aid's caliber and you're probably going to be starting at some point or seeing a significant amount of time? How does someone who's taking a beating for September, October, and then November, when basketball gear gets geared up, how are you going to be able to perform on the core? What's your thought process on that? Yeah, I, and something like that points to the Michael Jordan documentary ESPN's had with The Last Dance. But they, he talked about when, when he decided to try baseball, how much he had to change his body um, for to be able to perform. And then when he decided to come back to basketball, how much he had to change his body again to be back in that similar shape. That kind of commitment, I think, is what it would have to take, and especially when you're talking about someone who wants to do both consecutive or simultaneously. Uh, and so that kind of commitment by Kool-Aid would have to be, uh, I mean, top-notch uh, for him to be trust the weight, trust the conditioning staff um, to have him ready for <clears throat> both sides um, is something that he'd have to he have to really stick to, and that's on top of all the other things that he would need to do as a student athlete with classes and studies and all sorts of other stuff. And now I'm thinking about, you know, having to change your body around. I don't think Bo Jackson ever had to change his body. Like <laughs> entire, yeah. his entire life, really, he's probably always been just a physical specimen. Uh, and unless you are him, you're not, most people's bodies aren't set up to make such a drastic transition. I mean, think about it for, Anthony Schwartz being a sprinter for Auburn track and field and a wide receiver for Auburn football. 
Uh, you've got time separating the two of them here. But he still had, I believe, if I remember this correctly, to lose a little bit of weight to get him back to his top speed for track and field season. And then you've got to put a little bit of the back on so that when you're taking the hits in spring practice, well, not spring practice because he didn't participate in that last year, uh, and we didn't have a spring practice this year. But uh, when you're taking the hits in, in summer and, and fall, you got to be able to withstand them. So that's a, a big shift to put your body through. Um, and not a lot of time to make that transition. Um, so I, physically, I think that is a big question mark here is can that happen? But the bigger question I think is schedule wise, can it happen? Football and baseball, they don't collide other than a spring game for football. And obviously we've seen with some of the track and field stars like Shires, Schwartz and Igbenogany this year or last year uh, missed the spring game. You, you know, it's hard to give up a November of football or a November of basketball because I just don't see how you do the two, especially with the physical nature of football and what you're going to be putting your body through. So scheduling-wise, how do you think it works, Austin? Yeah, I mean, and you hit it. November is such a big deal for football and specifically Auburn football. You know, that's the meat of the schedule and you need things clicking on all cylinders. Um so it'd be really tough, but when that's when basketball's starting up, the only way I see this working for Kool-Aid or any other future prospects that want to play for Auburn and uh, in football and basketball is by committing to football for a semester um, and, and then working to get their body right for the conference season uh, in January through March uh, in basketball. I don't know how else you could do it um, with by fully committing yourself to both. Um, and I think it, that's okay. Cause so much before the, after the new year is before sec play gets started. Uh, I think that a lot of those, well, Auburn's up there ante in terms of playing bigger non-conference opponents and uh, highlighting some of these bigger tournaments. That's when you're getting ready. Cause and coach Pearl said that your sec season is what you need things you need to get working on. Right. Um, and so I think for, Kool-Aid or any other, the only way it would work in their best interest and the best interests of both teams is a split it up into semesters and where he, he's playing basketball and SEC play. Um, and that, that might hinder his ability to get on the court because he's not there for so many games. But uh, I think if he's committed to it and if he really uh, is, if it's really something he wants to continue doing, um, then that would be the easiest way for him and both staffs involved. Yeah, I, I don't see where you don't have to give up something. And you know, let's just take the case of Kool-Aid himself here, who seems to be a football player wanting to be a basketball player as well. Um, you're a five-star athlete. Signs are pointing to you being one of the next big things at the defensive back or cornerback position. Uh, it probably is enough for us to surmise here that not only will he see playing time early as a football player at Auburn, he might even see starting time depending on what the dynamics are at that position when he comes in. Um, so if that's the case, and I think those are easy assumptions for us to jump through, you're not going to give up a November of, and let's just use what the schedule typically looks like. You've got Amen corner at the end of that. You know, on a, I know things are switching this season. Everybody don't, don't send your email somewhere else. I, I, get, <laughs> I know the schedules are switching, but typically Georgia now it'll be LSU Alabama, you've got a you know a little rinky-dink game in there, but you usually got someone like a Texas A&M 
or an Ole Miss if they don't fall on Halloween. Um, so you've got three SEC games and a non-conference game that you'd be giving up to go switch over to play basketball for outside of playing in some of the bigger tournaments, which Auburn is now doing, Maui Invitational, they're going to the Orlando Invitational this year. You know, outside of that, the rest of the games are, you know, kind of hit or miss. You'll play some really easy games that are tune-up games, but then you'll play some very important single games, whether it be an NC State versus Auburn in basketball this year. Uh, you know, that South Alabama game, nobody thought that that was going to be a, an important one for Auburn in the season, but it ended up being one on the road in Mobile. Um, so you're giving up as a football player if you make the switch in November, amen corners, SEC games, and a push towards maybe an SEC and national title um, to go play in basically a tournament, if that's the most important thing or part of that schedule there. So when I look at that, honestly, I don't know, even if you're a basketball player wanting to be a football player, I just can't see giving up the the run to an SEC title or a national championship in November and December for one big tournament in basketball with a whole season left to play. I mean, is there any other way to think about that? I, I don't think so. I think you're right. I don't think any guy that is, you know, getting SEC offers, obviously he has a competitive nature. I don't think he would want to miss out on those those type big games. So many times we hear recruits say, I came to Auburn to play in these kind of games uh, and that's what he would have. And that's what he would have to give up. Uh, and so I think because of Kool-Aid specifically being a football recruit who would also like to play basketball, uh, I think that that would take his first priority. Um, it seems as if that's where his success has come from the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so I think, I think that is something that he would have to forfeit in terms of the basketball, the early tournament, um, in order to play later on. And if I, I don't see why the coaches would not be okay with that. Uh, it's, I think he's made that uh, his priority pretty clearly. Um, but I think that works out for both both teams' best interest. Yeah, and, you know, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here and find a scenario where it could work. Could they work in most of – the basketball aspect into the football schedule you know coach pearl has done a great job scheduling overall but one of the things i think that he fully embraced me came he's like hey i get it it's a football school but we're going to become a basketball school but it's always going to be a football school so he made uh, just headway in terms of making sure that bigger games are being scheduled on friday nights during the november time period so that people will come to the basketball games because they know that they're already going to be in town for a football game, or even if it's in a way, making sure that it's not colliding with that time for football, because nobody's going to, most people were not going to watch it at the beginning of the Bruce Pearl era over football. Um, so there is a scenario, I think, where he can participate, however the schedule lineups, as a basketball player, but maybe just go through the motions of, you know, how does pregame start, warm up, sitting on the bench, and, and maybe doesn't really see any time in December, but then that's, or excuse me, November, but then that's time you're taking away from the chemistry, the team building aspect in the important run in football, which Auburn is prone to do nine time, nine out of 10 times uh, in a decade, Auburn's going to be playing a bowl game for the most part. I think that's pretty, I have, have my numbers right there. Um, so yeah, I, I think the point stands. Um, there's a lot to get, there's a lot to lose in football and not that it's less important, but there's a lot less to lose in the early season of basketball. I mean, could you imagine a player giving up March Madness for a spring football game? Like, think about that. Oh, yeah. 
it'd be, that'd be unheard of. I, I can't even think of, and as much, like I said, always as competitive as these guys are, I don't, I don't see how that crosses their mind. It doesn't there. So Quincy McKinstry, he wants to play football and basketball Auburn or whatever school he comes to Alabama, I think has promised him that as well. Um, I think they're pretty desperate for basketball talent over there. So they'll do whatever they can. Uh, I don't think Auburn's desperate for talent, but they do obviously don't want to shy away from any recruits that are as talented as McKinstry seems to be. So Austin, I'll put you on the spot here. What's your percentage confidence that if McKinstry chooses Auburn, does he play football and basketball? A percentage. I'd probably give it uh, – I think I'm just going to be a little skeptical here and just say it's about 50-50 uh, just because of how each game has evolved. It's such a grind for these student-athletes to even just get their class done with one and, you know, stay in the right. Um, two sports and all the other things that come with being a college student, I just, I'm not sure. Uh, it takes the right kind of kid that's committed to do that. Um, so I think it would be about – it's toss-up 50-50 either way. Uh, if it's not Auburn, you know, his top five were Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Georgia, and LSU. We're going to see him. So if it's not Auburn, um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how his path evolves and what happens to him. But it, it's certainly a, a, something that's prompted this discussion and probably more like it if he ends up being successful. Yeah, I think it's a great discussion point. And, and I got to be honest with you, you're a little bit more confident than I am. Uh, I, I think if that's what gets him here, you, you tell him we'll do everything we can to make it happen, just like they did Jeremy Johnson. Uh, but I, I'm 33% confidence, even if he does choose Auburn for football, that it actually happens. And I go back to the Jeremy Johnson case. Jeremy Johnson wasn't this amazing basketball talent, but he was very good. And he probably could have played and started for a maybe, maybe even a, a lower-tier basketball team in the SEC. I don't know. I, I didn't watch a ton of film on him, but that is the case that I go back to here is it sounds good on paper, but when you really get into the meat and potatoes of this, it's hard to pull off. And I also go back to my scenario. Of, I think it would be easier for a basketball player who also wanted to participate as a football player, uh, maybe being as a backup or seeing a little bit less time. Um, so that's the way I could see it playing out if it had been that way. And it's not that case, it seems, for McKinstry. So 33% is where I'm going to sit at on this. But now we're going to switch it over to you, the listener. We want to know from you. You can share on social media. You can leave a comment on the post for the episode on our website, e2cnetwork.com. We want to hear from you. Is it possible, what in your mind, for an Auburn football player to play basketball or vice versa? Can it happen? Will it ever happen? Let us know there on the website or on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Austin, I have enjoyed breaking down this interesting concept from you. Maybe we, who knows, maybe we're completely wrong on this and we're going to be looking at the next Bo Jackson in these two sports in McKinstry. I certainly hope so, especially if he ends up in the orange and blue. So we'll see. We we really hope that he uh, chooses us. Uh, Even if he doesn't, he has prompted some very interesting conversations here. Before we get out of here, I want to give our contact information. You can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you, Austin? Find me on Twitter at Austin G. Scott. And that's all we have from this edition. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. 
If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?